you're visiting with us here today, we hope that you feel like we do. We feel that you're in a place you can call home, a place where you can reach yourself in and grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and God, and we're here to help with that. Before we get started this morning, uh, a couple of announcements I want to make in order for us to be able to minister to our families and to be there for them tonight and have a very special time with those that we love. We won't be having service tonight. We have something to look forward to, though, next Sunday night. We can bring your families here. We have what we call our communion service. It's a wonderful time. We have different altars set up here. The staff and pastors are here. You bring your family forward, and we share communion, and we pray for you. So if you have time next week, I want to encourage you to come between 4 and 6 o'clock next Sunday night for that very special time of communion. We'll go to the Word in Isaiah talking about the reason for the season and why we're here today. Chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Can we close our eyes and raise our hands in this sanctuary this morning and give him praise, give him the honor, open your hearts, let him know that you're here for him this morning. Father, we're so thankful that you would love us enough. The word says, yet when we were sinners, you demonstrated your love for us by giving us Jesus. And we come today with holy hands lifted high, not for what we did, but for what you did. And we give you honor in this place. We celebrate the peace and joy and all that is good that you brought to this world, Lord, because you are worthy. Lord, we desire to get into your presence today, Lord, and we've come to give you all praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, the church says, amen. Let's praise him. Would you just sing with us?
Come on.
about some stuffy religious kind of thing that isn't real. We're talking about a Lord that is alive and well in this very hour. Well, I appreciate and love all the traditions of time, clear back 2,000 years plus. I love the fact that he's just as relevant and real today as he ever has been. How many of you know Jesus was the answer, but Jesus is still the answer, even this morning. Amen. Amen. They were singing, I wanted to sing, I wanted you to go and sing that again, man. I wanted the lights to go crazy and everybody to get up on their feet. Because God is alive. He's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. Man, when I feel that down in my heart, I'm like, I can't wait. You know, the Bible says, David danced before the Lord with all of his might. I love that. You won't find me sitting around going, hallelujah. So wonderful to be here. Grump. <laughs> no, man, I'm excited. I'm excited because, you know, not only did Jesus come, and that's what we've been celebrating these last four weeks and as we've celebrated the Advent, and every week we've talked about the gifts that God brought to the earth, the gift of hope. What would we do without hope? The gift of peace peace through the storms of this life how peace just comes to us no matter what we go through joy as they sang joy unspeakable the bible says and full of glory he came to replace fear with joy he wants us to have confidence and courage to be strong the bible says the joy of the lord is our strength then he also came and today we'll be celebrating love he brought love, and oh, what a love it is. What would we do without the love of God? Where would we be without the love of God? It's so good to see you this morning. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's wonderful to see you. I hope you're happy. We already had a great service at the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, lots and lots of folks were here. That left you a little more room so you can stretch out a little bit. 
we are excited to celebrate this Christmas Eve service, our first candlelight service in over 30 years. And uh, I have one person kind of to thank for that, and uh, she's up visiting from North Carolina. It's my cousin, Deanne. Deanne, I want the whole Rediger family and my Aunt Barbara and Tanner, if you guys would just stand. These are folks that are in for Christmas out of state, and we're excited that they're here. Thank you. Last year, Deanne and I were talking, and she said, oh, next year I want to come to your Christmas Eve service. And I was like, well, we'll have one. And then she said, your candlelight service. Oh, I think they're so beautiful. And I was like, oops. <laughs> but you know, she started something as a conversation that I filtered over into our staff, and we began talking about it, and we started sharing together. And we thought, you know, there would be nothing more beautiful that we would love to get back to. Because as much as I love the excitement and as much as I love serving a God who's alive and he's not dead, we're not in a religion, we're in a relationship with a real God. As much as I love that, I also love the fact that there's a reverence and a sacredness to worship. The Bible says that when the wise men found Jesus, it said they worshipped him. They worshipped him. And then it says, and they, and they gave gifts to him. And I want you to stand with me, if you would, for just a moment. There's also another reason why, and the Rediger family would be in with my Aunt Barbara. It's my dad's sister. My dad's sitting behind her watching her, making sure she doesn't get in trouble. But Tanner here, his, his father is Eric, my cousin that we've been praying for in the hospital. So they're here today, and they, while they're here to be with family and celebrate Christmas, they're also here in crisis for my cousin. I want us again, as we have this last week, I want us to pray for him and to pray for them and for his son, Tanner, who's here with us, who I've grown to love so much over this last week. I've known him his whole life, but we've gotten pretty close this week, and I, I love you, Tanner. I'm praying for your family. Aunt Barb, that's your, that's your boy, it's your son in that hospital, and we're praying for you. Deanne, that's your brother. So let's pray for this need, but also needs that you might have. How many would say, Pastor, I have a need in my life, and I want it known with an uplifted hand, just a prayer need, a prayer request, saying, God, you know. All right. We're going to go before the Lord right now in prayer. So we do, the, we're assured of several things in Scripture. Again, you know me, I, I take him seriously, and and I take him for real. Not in this to just go through the motions. His word says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now that's scripture, that's not a church. That's not a preacher, that's the Bible. I'll never forget the look on my Aunt Barbara's face the other day when the doctor came in for the second day and said the numbers were up. Things were better and our options were, were better. Barbara looked over at me and she said, that's prayer. I believe that. So thank you for joining our family and praying for him. Let's join together in faith because the Bible also says faith pleases God. And many people in the Bible were healed and Jesus' words to them were, your faith has made you whole. So if you believe today, anything's impossible. 
the Old Testament writer said, is there anything too difficult, too hard for God? And the answer came back resoundingly, no. All things are possible with God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father, as we come before you this morning, we are so thankful on this Christmas Eve that you did come. That you came just like you promised. And that, Lord, you will come again. And we honor you today and we bless your name. And in the meantime, we will occupy. Our faith will be strong. Our courage will be without resolve. And we will live our lives with no regrets. For, Lord, we will live for the moment. We will embrace our loved ones. We'll reach out to those who are in our paths and will spread the light and the love of Christ to them. For, Lord, you are still the answer for the entire world, just as you were over 2,000 years ago. Well, the world may not see it. They may not even want you. But, Lord, we know you have their answers. You have their peace. You have their joy. You have their love. You have their hope. I pray that you'll minister now to each of the needs that are represented in this house. Touch every heart, every hand that went up as a circumstance, a situation, Lord, where people are trusting in you, looking to you. You said in your word you're the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we give these needs to you. We thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for guidance and provision. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. And Lord, I thank you for your touch on Eric's life. We join together in faith as a community and ask you to touch him physically, to make him strong. Lord, to restore more options. And let your work be accomplished and done to give strength to his body from his head to his foot. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. For we know, Lord, our faith is in a God who is able. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Turn and shake someone else's hand that you didn't shake earlier before you're seated. God bless you. Well, Lord Almighty, I didn't say make plans for lunch. I just said say hi. <laughs> As Pastor Brian mentioned, next Sunday night is a very special time for our congregation. Please don't miss our family communion service next Sunday night. In the hours of 4 to 6, you're able to come with your family. A pastor at a table of communion, the Lord's Supper, will meet with you and your family. No one else, just you. And we will pray over your children. We will take communion together with your family. We will bless your family and anoint your family with oil, as the scripture teaches us. And in that process, we're believing for God to give you a, a wonderful year of favor and blessing, strength and safety. And as you come and go, I want you to know, I know one of the years people were waiting for seemingly an hour to two hours to get a table. We worked those kinks out. The organization has, has been changed so that you can, by the time you come in and you go, you won't be waiting very long. So I uh, want to give you that assurance that you won't be sitting here for a while. So come next Sunday evening and plan to be here the ladies will not be in the office this week I think they deserve after a year they deserve to have a few days off and so they'll not be in the office but you can make phone calls um, Judy is, is amazing the way she connects the phone in the office to her phone at home so she just sits right there at the dining room table eating crackers and says Stratford Heights Church of God 
So you can certainly get a hold of someone. The phones will be checked regularly throughout the days. Our ushers are coming to serve you. As they do, I want to read a scripture from Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, we believe as a community here that giving is part of God's plan to continue his blessings and to continue the goodwill on earth as it is in heaven. We believe that God teaches us to give in every way, time, talent, treasure, defined ways to be giving people. I know as a young child, my mother and father taught me the value of giving to God. So I come prepared every service, every service to give and have since I was very young. And you know what I found to be true? He has never let me down. He has continually and always blessed me. So I trust God today and I love the idea of being a part of the worldwide community of faith. For when we give in this offering today, it's so beautiful the way it comes around because it goes to Eastern and Western Europe, Africa, South America, and Australia. It goes to all of these places where our missionaries are, and we help to support them and keep them on the field. Just talked with Christian Swift, who's over Eastern, Western Europe, and Africa, and he was talking about how Stratford Heights blesses him every month. We're thrilled to be a part of that. I love the way God works. He keeps us in this continual place of dependence on Him so that we know our blessings come from Him. It was at the time of Christ's birth, I mentioned it earlier, that the wise men, when they came together to find the Lord, it says they worshipped Him, and then it says they gave gifts to Him. So they presented gifts to Him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So as they did, on this Christmas Eve Sunday morning we bring our gifts to him thank you for your gifts today I pray the Lord blesses and touches you and he continues to do the work of the ministry that we want to see accomplished and done as we wait on our Lord to come again let's pray together Father as we now come to you blessing the gifts asking your work to be accomplished and done in every part in life where the missionaries are working in countries with people we'll never know. We may never know their name, but God, we have a part in helping to bring answers and to bring strength and faith alive in their hearts. We thank you for the opportunity. We never fail to give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it all. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. her tiny baby to warm him from the cold hardly what she pictured in the prophecies of old it seemed almost impossible to think 
But as she pondered in her heart, she knew this was heaven's child. This was heaven's child. In an earthen stable, wrapped in glory, me and mine. Joseph wept with wonder as Mary sweetly smiled because they knew this was heaven's child. The angels must have missed him as they sang him to sleep, but they marveled at the promises this baby came to keep. His father must have felt it with great sadness and great joy as he watched his little baby boy. As this was heaven's child, this was heaven's child. Thank you, Peggy. Beautiful song. Heaven's child. Can you imagine, have you ever thought about what was going on in heaven when the shepherds were on the side of the field? As the wise men were noticing, seeing a star. What was going on in heaven? 
You know, I often think about, you know, when Jesus officially left the throne right there beside his father. I wonder if the father, Jen, glanced over to see the empty seat. And he knew that this was the time. This would be the time that his promise of sending a Messiah to the earth to rescue the earth, the world, that it was now, man. All the prophets and all the prophecies that had been written in the Old Testament were all coming now into conclusion. Everything was on track. And I could imagine that as he was whisked away and I believe chariots of angels took him down and I believe the same ones who were standing the heavenly host over there on the hillside were the very ones who ushered him as a baby and made sure he was placed right in the arms of Mary. I wonder what kind of celebration was going on in heaven. Such surely I wonder if there was a party. If they were all excited, although they they knew that the mission was important and that it would have its sorrow. Yet the price that was going to be paid was going to be so worth it. Because we would all be together with him. His people would be reunited with him. And the Bible says in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many of you know, how many of you know it's God's will for people to know him? to be saved. God's not trying to knock people out or he's not trying to erase you out. God's not this cruel ogre sitting on the throne waiting to swat you with a fly swatter if you do something wrong. No, he went a long way to ensure that there was mercy and that there was grace that there was love that would come to the people of earth and he wanted us to know he loved us. Today we celebrate the Advent. We have the wonderful Crow family. And this is Melody and Tim. This is mom and dad. And then we have Taylor. And the very tall one over there is Evan. And uh, we're thankful for this family. Been knowing those kids since they were born. They were little kids. And Melody was a young lady in the youth group. And she used to play drums. And Tim used to belt out a song. And they have done that. And they've been involved. And if you ask them, they, they're, they'd do anything. They're, they're servants at heart. We're so thankful for them and this family and not only the impact they make on our church. Taylor sings in the choir and on the praise teams and she's just rocking solos all the time and doing a great job. Evan is the, you know, I was known last year or a couple years as being his greatest fan. He's one of the greatest basketball players you'll ever see in your life play on a field or on a basketball court, not a field. But a great, great family, wonderful, kind, good Christian people. And I'm thankful that they get to represent what I consider to be one of the most special days of the Advent, which is the candle of love. And so as they get ready, Dad, to light that, we're going to read the scripture fully from John chapter 3, verse 16 and verse 17. For God so loved. Why don't you say it with me? You know it by heart. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not be perish, should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Can you say Amen to the reading of God's Word? Amen. Amen.
That's all right. We celebrate the Word of God. I'm going to ask that all of our children, if you're in the house today, who would be the first one? I want you to get up, find your way up to the stage. I want you to bring you all the way up here, find you a spot to sit somewhere up here on stage. Come on. There we go, Isabella. I see Kirk and Claire. Hey, how are you? Good to see you guys. Come on and just find you a place to sit right over here. Very good. Here, move over a little bit more over this way so we can get you all on. Oh, my goodness. It's a bunch of you. I better come through here and grab my notes here. Let me. Excuse me. Thank you. Gary's been holding out on me. I want the one with the back on it. I don't want to. Tick tock. Tick tock. Tick tock. The tricky clock tick tocking, each painfully long minute unlocking. The tumbly jumbly can't close your eyes feeling. What will it be? When will it be? Oh, the anticipation, the watching, the wishing and waiting to let the wiggles and giggles and goosebumps go. To find, to see, to finally know. What will it be? When will it be? Oh, the expectation, the what-ifs, the oh-mys fairly shaking, longing for this night's joy all year, that moment of hope so very near. Oh, but would they, could they, imagine a gift so great, a gift that compelled the whole world to wait? When a heavenly Father gave all mankind his Son, the one love defined. The magic of Christmas is more brilliant, you see, than a bag or a box tucked under a tree. The true love of Christmas really began when holy God became holy man. Joseph, it's time. He's here. Amen. How about Christmas? How many of you are excited about tomorrow? Oh my goodness. Will you even be able to sleep tonight? No. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I had five sisters. Everybody say, oh. <laughs> I had five sisters and I was the only boy. But we had, we had a, a little system, and we had fun at Christmas especially. Man, I would get up on Christmas Eve, and I was so excited about the day. I mean, I couldn't wait to go to bed. I mean, I got up, and I was like, Mom, can I go to bed? No, it's only 12 noon. All right, 3 o'clock. Mom, oh, I'm so tired. No, you're not. You're staying up till 9 o'clock. Oh, no. I couldn't wait couldn't wait to go to sleep and when it would get dark and my sisters and I we would all like just get excited and everybody would just have these like willy worms in their pants you know it was just crazy we were just nuts we couldn't wait to go to bed I would go to my room and they would go to theirs and I had a room by myself because I was the only boy all them girls had to share with bunk beds it was so sad for them but we had this little system you see and once we would get to bed, mom and dad would be like, 
now quiet kids, you got to go to sleep. And I would lay there. I would stare at the ceiling and I would just be like trying to go to sleep. If I just go to sleep, I will wake up and it'll be Christmas. I couldn't wait to get my lost in space helmet. And I couldn't wait to get my Hot Wheels track and my matchboxes on my train set. And oh, there was this really neat Godzilla gun that I really wanted really bad. But it was like, oh, I couldn't go to sleep. And I would just stare at the ceiling and I would just count sheep and I would do anything I could to go to sleep. And it was so hard. I couldn't go to sleep because I was too excited. Oh, but the waiting, the waiting, the waiting was so bad. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, my sisters and I, I would all of a sudden, when I couldn't sleep, I would just go like, and would knock on the wall. And Debbie probably, at the, Debbie would be the first one, and she would knock back. And I'd get up on the wall, and I'd say, are you guys asleep? And they're like, no. And we would, all night long, we would just make, and we would just send signals to each other. We couldn't go out of our rooms. We had to wait until the morning. And oh, the morning was the worst because about 5 o'clock, I was ready to go. And my mom wouldn't get up till 7. And then she would wake up my dad. And my dad had to have coffee. You drink coffee? How many of you drink coffee? Oh, my goodness. Put your hands down. <laughs> Well, we would wait, and we would stand at the door, and we had those woolly worms again, and we were just going crazy. We're like, come on, Mom, Dad, get your coffee, get your coffee. And he would mosey out there with his hair going every way, and he'd go in the kitchen, and he'd grab his coffee, and he'd go in there, and all of a sudden, we would see the twinkle of lights on the wall in the hallway. We knew they turned the tree on. And then we would start to hear whistles and all kinds of little contraptions making all kinds of noises. And we would just get more and more excited. We couldn't wait. And then finally my mom would say, okay, your dad's got his coffee and everything's ready. And we'd line up in the hallway in single file and I was always first. And we would march our way into the hall, out the hall, into the living room. And when we got to the living room, Kirk, it was crazy. Because with six kids, there was like these stations everywhere, all around the tree. And everybody had, we called it our pile. It was so awesome. I don't get very many piles these days. So I knew my pile immediately. It had the Lost in Space helmet on it. You don't know Lost in Do you know the robot and Dr. Smith? Anybody know that? Okay, good. Well, I had a Lost in Space helmet. It was blue and it was awesome. As a matter of fact, I wore it all day, even to my grandma's house later for dinner. Yes, I wore it this year, too. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe that it had finally come. And it was so exciting to, to finally get out there and, and to see Christmas. The, the hardest part of Christmas was the waiting. It was the waiting. It was so hard to wait. And, you know, that's the way it was the first Christmas. We saw this video about the real night before Christmas. The real night before Christmas had shepherds and it had all kinds of angels and it, and it had a 
mother and a father who were trying to find a place, trying to find a place where they could rest and spend the evening and have a baby. See, the whole world had been waiting on the Messiah, the Christ child. They'd been waiting on, on the warrior, the king, who was going to come and make everything right. The prophets of old had all said, and many times the children of Israel would gather their children together by the fireplace, and they would, they would talk about one day Messiah will come. When he comes, he'll set up his kingdom. He'll rule from a palace. He'll have chariots and horses and he'll lead our people into victory and we will have no more problems, no more wars. Oh, and they lived and they waited for the day that God would send the Messiah. And it was crazy that the night before Christmas, the night before the Messiah came, because nothing seemed to be adding up. You see, he didn't come as a king. He didn't ride in on a chariot or a horse. He wasn't dressed in robes and have an entourage or an army behind him. You see, when God decided he was going to save the world, he decided to send a baby. Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the awesome, mighty God, the one that we sing about, that we teach in Sunday school and children's church, the one that would save the entire world. I mean, not just Christmas at your house. I'm talking about Christmas for the whole world. From United States all the way around the world to Australia on the other side of the earth. Everybody was waiting for the answer. Everybody needed deliverance everybody needed the rescue and God loved the whole world so much that he sent his only son Jesus you see Jesus was the greatest gift that there ever has been for Christmas you've gotten some pretty cool gifts I'm sure you have and I'm sure there's a lot of them we got a list here we're gonna read it in a second but of all the gifts that could ever be given on the world, the greatest gift that could ever come to this earth was the gift of God's own Son. You see, God loved us enough that when He came, He sent the best that He had. He didn't send an angel, He didn't send some prophet or some preacher, He sent His Son. That's how much he loved you. That's how much he loved me. Amazing the way he came. He came homeless. There was no room for them in the end. They had to sleep in a barn, and he was born in a manger. And he came as a little tiny baby. And in the process, he came on mission because he wanted to be able to relate to each one of us. He wanted he wanted you and I to know that he was a God of great love and passion and not some stuffy ruler or king that just would order us to obey. He wanted to know us. He lived among us. He grew up just like you are. He wanted Christmas. He looked forward to gifts and birthdays. And 
He wanted to, to hang out with his friends. Jesus knew what it was, to be, what it was like to be you. And then he grew to be a man. He would know what it was like to be me or your mom and dad so that he could save the whole world. The whole world. Now, I hear, I, I read some, some stuff about the, the hottest toys that are out right now. How many of you girls still like Barbies? I heard that the Barbie Dream Camper is a big deal this year again. I remember when my sisters had one. And what is this about trolls? What are, who wants a troll? Any of you like trolls? You like trolls? I think if I saw a troll coming, I would leave. And what are these wowie fingerlings? What are those things? Fingerlings and Shopkins and what is a Hatchimal? I never heard of a Hatchimal. What is it? Oh, they hatch open out of an egg. Oh, at different stages. And if you get the big one, wow. She hatched yours. Oh, that's awesome. Share Hatchimals. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's got a heart, and you can rub on the heart. And, well, who knew? Hatchimals. Go out and buy one today. There's lots of things. Cars 3. What's Lovabella? And who likes Xbox and PlayStation 4? You guys, I still like those. You don't? How about Star Wars? Anybody in the Star Wars? Jesus, not you. <laughs> Can you imagine what it would have been like on the night before the real Christmas when they were waiting on the greatest gift? The world was waiting, but he ended up coming. He came as a baby, but he came with a purpose. He was born in a manger, but he'll end up in a palace. God sent a star to let the people know somebody special had come to the earth and been born. And God loved so many people that from the shepherds to kings, everybody all around the world was ready for his coming. I'm going to pray with you, but I want you to always remember something. God loves you. God came for you. God made you. God wants desperately to be your friend. And he loves you so much. So we're going to pray, and I want you to never forget the good gift that he is. You may get the trolls, and you may get more Hatchimals. You may get Barbies, and you may get all of these things, Hot Wheels, Matchbox cars. Yeah? Oh, you want one, don't you? There you go. The order is in. But in all the gifts that you'll receive, I just want to remind you at this Christmas time, kids, the greatest gift is who? Jesus. The greatest gift is who? Jesus! Right. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you. We thank you for the way that you came. We thank you that you came in a way that you could relate to all of us. And Lord, even children can relate to you. There's nothing more beautiful than a baby. Lord, you're so wise. 
You came in such a way that you lived out your life so that you could know us at every stage of our life. We thank you today and we honor you. I pray your blessings over our children. I pray that you will keep them safe and the Lord you'll protect their hearts and minds. The world out there is cruel, full of violence and hate. Lord, I pray that they will continue to know your love, that they will always remember that you are peace, that you are their hope, and that, Lord, you're their joy. May they always laugh. May they love one another and continue to be kind and good as they grow to be servants. Pray this over them as their pastor. I thank you for each one of their beautiful hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, God bless you. Thank you for being up here. You want to give it a hand to our kids and thank you for being so good. You guys can go back to your parents. And that's it, isn't it? It's good for them to remember and to know, but it's also good for us to remember that he is the greatest gift at Christmas. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever get so busy. Don't ever get so bogged down with cares and responsibilities of this life and this world that you forget that he's the greatest gift. You know, when you talk about that perfect gift, when you talk about a perfect gift, I mean, that's different than just gifts. I mean, I've received gifts before, and I've been like, oh, thank you. And then I go home, and I'm like, what is it? I went home with uh, ties, not in the last 10 years, but 10 years ago, I went home with a tie, and I was just like, oh, goodness. I wore it one courtesy Sunday, and then kind of put it to the back of the closet. Sometimes we get gifts that aren't so perfect. But sometimes we get gifts that you say, oh, that's perfect. That's the perfect gift. Can I tell you that I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ was heaven's perfect gift. I believe it with everything in me. You know, this morning... A lady stopped me in the hallway, and she had a gift bag for me. And she said, I know you're in a hurry. She goes, but I want to see you open it. And I was like, all right, well, let's take a moment. And I opened up the bag and, and looked inside, and she had two packages of Hostess orange cupcakes. And I was like, that is perfect. Thank you. And, you know, this week since I preached last Sunday and I made mention that that was my favorite you know, I love orange Hostess cupcakes. I have received no less than five packages of orange. I will be eating orange cupcakes into 2018. But you know what was behind that is even more precious than the cupcake. And that was the heart that said, I want it to be perfect. I want it to be something that he loves. When God sent his son, like I said, to the children. He could have sent Elijah. He could have sent Moses. And we would have been in awe. It would have been okay. They could have sent uh, an angel or a warrior. He could have sent anyone. He could have just opened up the heavens and said, obey me. But when God decided to save the world, he said, I'm going to send 
perfect gift. I'm going to send my son so that they will know how much, how much I love them. You know, we have a world full, forgive me for my French, we have a world full of spoiled brats who want to look up to the sky and scream at God, where are you, where are you? That he's, they tell us that he's not a God of love, that he's not real, that he's not there. I don't know about them, but I do know this. In my experience, my journey, I have found that he has been there for me every day of my life. God has always shown up. He's always been there. I have prayed to God, and he has answered me. I've had answered prayers. I've had guidance and direction. I've been blessed beyond favor. I've had the wonderful relationship with God. I'm not in this for religion. I don't even like religion. Am I allowed to say that as a pastor? I don't like religion. Religion is so blah. But man, this, the day that I discovered that he was real, that he would talk to me, that I could talk back, and that he would answer me, that I would be led and guided in my life through his Holy Spirit, that my life could be transformed and changed by, by knowing him. Paul wrote in the in New Testament, he said, that I may know him. That's been my cry for years. I want to know him for myself. I, I loved that my mother, my father had their own relationship with God that I didn't go into this based on hanging on to my parents. I remember at 18 years old, I said, I want to know him for myself. If God is up there and can make stars and can make planets and can rotate this big old earth around that sun like he does, then surely he's interested in getting to know me. I remember one time sitting on an airplane I was looking down at all the little matchbox cars on the earth. And I looked back up at the cloud. I was about 37,000 feet above the sky, up in the sky. I looked up there and I said, I look down there and I see nothing but ants. How in the world do you know where I am? But you know, I felt the still small voice speaking to my heart, Derek. And he said, I even know the number of hairs on your head. And I was like, wow. I sat there staring out the window of that plane at 37,000 feet with a tear in my eye. And I said, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. It's unbelievable the kind of love he has. And if people will slow down just long enough in their life to start asking the, the deep, sincere questions of life, Remove the idea that he's some genie in a bottle and some magic, you know, magic trick with a magician. Realize he's God. He deserves our honor, our respect. And when we seek him, Jeremiah says, if you search for me with all of your heart, you will find me, says the Lord. How many of you have found him? Found him. Today is a beautiful day. Jesus 
not only was, but as I said, is still the greatest gift at Christmas. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, and our ushers are getting ready. Let's come down through the aisles, and in just a few moments, they're, they're going to be lighting our candles, and we're going to go into a time of singing carols together. And that flame represents, that flame represents the light of the world. Jesus Christ has come into our hearts and lives. And as you hold that light, it's a responsibility. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing that was made was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says this, But you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I'd ask you all, if you would, to stand with me. And as you do, the ushers are going to come down the aisles and they're going to light your candle on the ends. And as you do, I want you to turn and then I want your light, I want you to allow your light to be the light that lights someone else's. And as you do this today, I'm reminded of the gospel. I'm reminded of how we are to go faith to faith, heart to heart, house to house, and we're to share the good news of Christ in our lives with others. So as they begin now, and you take your light, share your light.
We worship him together and sing as one voice unto the Lord this day. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shine. It is the night of our dear Savior's Yeah. 
That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were very afraid. But the angel reassured them, said, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that shall be to all people. A Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of heaven, the armies of heaven together, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to those whom God is well pleased, goodwill to all men. Can you say amen?
Just the voices. Ah. 